GM. I'm Dan Roberts. I'm Kate Irwin. And this is GM from the Crypt. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Okay, GM, GM, Kate Irwin, welcome back. GM. All right. What a way to kick off uh, our first outside guest episode of the year. We have. Farouk, at Farouk, he of the one name. Yes, definitely a big name in NFTs, arguably one of the biggest, and people follow his wallets. Uh, people really see him as a, as a leader in, in the NFT trading space. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to share, like, candidly, um, I definitely had a certain perception of him just from crypto Twitter, uh, having not met or talked to him. And then in October, we had our Camp Decrypt in Napa, our intimate in-person events we host, and he came. And I think a lot of us were really impressed with him. And, I, and now I feel like I really know who he is and what he's about. And um, it's also always interesting to interview someone who also interviews other people, right? Yeah, I mean, they can bring a different level of to the conversation and, and be influential and really just sort of share their take on things. You are very good, Kate about tuning into Twitter spaces. Like very often I'll look at Twitter and I see that Kate is listening to X thing. You're kind of better uh, about it than I am. I mean, I'll pop in and out of some, but usually if I join one, I'll listen for like 30 seconds and I say, okay. And I bounce. Um, Do you, and have you listened much to rug radio? Yeah, I listened to it a lot last year and I, I I honestly was living in Twitter spaces for a while when I started that decrypt. Um, I really felt like it was essential to get to know the culture and of NFTs. So many NFT owners, traders, DGENs, flippers, they are always on Twitter constantly. And I really needed to get a sense of who the demographic is and what are they saying and how do they feel about things. I think Farouk has this extremely infectious, positive energy. I mean, you just jump on one space where he's talking and, and you get that right away. And it's really interesting to see him sort of debate things or argue or people accuse him of things. And just to really like catch his energy of his responses is is honestly pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, I think this is a great way to uh, kick off the year with a guest like him because I mentioned this uh, a week ago in our predictions episode with Matthew and Stacy, but even though I know, and, and there's no arguing with the numbers, that there was a big, you know, NFT speculative bubble, and that bubble popped. That time has passed. It's also not at all true that the NFT space is dead. We're already seeing a lot of signs of a comeback here, and maybe there will never be again that same level of mania with people just paying so much for just a PFP NFT. But I, I actually believe that the space is about to kind of hit that inflection point and become much more interesting. And you're going to see more uses and uh, more people rethinking, you know, what should an NFT collection be and not trying to just launch one for the hell of launching one and and getting money. So, uh, you know, let's see what he has to say about that. Definitely. And I think we should dive into talking about his collection with Corey and Mm -hmm. what that looks like and, and why that came about and, and why are you creating a, a generative PFP collection right now in this in this moment? Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we should ask him on that. All right, well, we'll bring him on. 
Okay, GM Farouk, welcome on, the man with one name. GM and welcome. <laughs> good morning, good morning, GM. How y'all doing? Doing great. How are you? Good. Just chilling, you know. Been another another Monday at the office. <laughs> this is the GM Podcast X Rug Radio collab that we've long been talking about. So great to have you on. Let's start this way. Uh, when people not in crypto, people who are not DGENs who live and breathe this stuff like the three of us do, when they ask you what you're up to right now, what you're doing, how do you even begin to explain it? It's tough. You know, I went from saying, you know, I operate in NFTs to that becoming, you know, big bad to I'm in digital collectibles. I'm just kidding. To saying, you know, I'm in tech and now, you know, just I'm in media. Don't ask me what sort of media. This is media. <laughs> no, I mean, this honestly, though, it is, you know, uh, kind of how I explain it to uh, to people, you know, uh, but, you know, Rug Radio is a decentralized Web3 media ecosystem, right, where creators and participants are able to get rewarded for you know, being part of the network. That's kind of how I put it down in one sentence. Do you try to tackle kind of the lingering mainstream stigma around NFTs or not even bother with that? Because the very acronym itself, like it's very weighted now with a lot of people's opinions. No, I don't care. And if people want to make NFT sound like it's something bad, they can. Uh, I don't think we should let these kind of next kind of narrative like I thought like go on, right? Like it's, it's an, it's an things, these things are NFTs. Now there's art, there's media, there's, Storytelling, there's a movie, whatever you want to call it, those are, but they're NFTs. So let's just call it what it is, right? Do you think digital collectibles, is that confusing or is that okay? The thing with digital collectibles is that you're canceling the underlying technology. And that's what people are not realizing. Like, I'm all for like mass adoption, onboarding. It's two of my favorite topics all the last two years in the space. And in a way, like, my place in the space is that. But canceling the underlying technology, which blockchain, like technology behind it is like inherently the stupidest thing we can do because it's good to have a million people use Reddit NFTs, but like if it's only like 10 of them understand blockchain, it's, it's like we failed at our job. So I think it's important to like be very mindful of like not, you know, um, putting that away. So you're, you're like interested in, in spreading awareness about the tech as well. I mean, I feel like other companies are less less concerned with that. You know, they're just like, okay, adoption at all costs. You know, the average user isn't going to understand how the NFTs work, just like how the average person doesn't understand, you know, the back end of the internet. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, I actually, I like to say that Rogue is not a media company. It's actually a tech company that uh, powers media because we're just building the infrastructure under it right now to our different things that we're doing. I'm sure we're going to get to that at some point, but like, like we're just trying to build the infrastructure that's going to power media. Media is a product, and then uh, the creators are actually platforms. There's no longer one platform. There's thousands and tens of thousands of millions of platforms. So, uh, but yes, the tech for me is very important, and I'm actually making like the left, right, right, front, and center of my conversation this year. And I'm happy you asked that because um, it's it's important that we remember that. Well, and to Kate's point, like. There's trying to educate people on the tech, but there's also at some point you just, I imagine, assume that most of your audience knows the tech and they're crypto native. Um, I sort of expect that sooner than later, we're also going to get away from using this jargon at all. Like, you know, because NFTs, I know I keep going back to like the reputation, but um, it's all just tokens. And I think people will stop calling them NFTs. You know, this is a tokenized XYZ. This is, this one is a ticket to a party. This one happens to be a media platform that gets you a reward and goodies and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think like, we're probably not always gonna, gonna call it like NFTs per se, 
but and at some point it's just gonna be like art like to me it's just art but there's something about it right saying like even digital art there's been digital art like longer way longer than like nfts like it's been for like 30 years so like it's like what do you call it i like calling it crypto personally i i enjoy saying crypto art like i enjoy saying like this is a piece of crypto art that i'm collecting like this nakamoto rare pepe or like this like you know whatever i have like it's crypto art at the end of the day so i enjoy saying crypto art i just i don't know why but like the more i'm getting because i'm not a crypto og but the more i'm going through it right now like i'm becoming like one of the purists i guess i don't know like i just love the damn tech like it's there's so much we can do around it and it's enabled so much for people like myself that i kind of want to like make sure it's it's always somewhere like i don't think nft or crypto or web3 should be taboo words uh maybe it's because of the way they've been used right and and it seems like you're kind of trying to keep things as open as possible for rug radio you know referring to it as like a media company it's not necessarily like just obviously it's not radio it's not like a podcast it's not necessarily being branded as like social media so i know you have a background in in social media and i was wondering how has your approach to social media changed since the bear market took hold my approach to social media no it doesn't change because my approach to social media like i've been doing social media longer than i knew what crypto or bear markets were if you right so i've been doing you know longer than i knew what the market was so i've been doing social media since i'm 12 years old 28 now like i, I started on tumblr at 14 instagram like 18 maybe 19 20 i forgot this is like it's been like 12 years now that i'm actually building brand on platforms across different platforms there's tumblr twitter instagram clubhouse whatever it is so um, it's the same approach. If anything, um, if anything in this bear market, like I made it a point to be even more present because I wanted to show people that first of all, people literally need it. Like there's this thing where like in times like this, you need voices, you need people to have conversation. You need people to create content, have media or else what happens, right? Like there was a point in time where shit posters held it down for us on the timeline and we're down bad, right? What are you going to do without the memes, right? And they still do. They're the front lines. But, you know, for me in the bear market, it was time for me to double down, not only to show that we're here to stay and that we're like one of these people, we're not tourists in this space because we are newer, but also to say like, yo, like, you know, like it's the best time to build. Like this last year has been the most growing in terms of like in a personal, like challenging, like growing year ever in my opinion better than when during the bull market that's just too crazy right and and in terms of juggling all the different social apps and sort of evolving and moving from one to the other as you have um which one do you think is the most conducive to crypto so far and do we need to juggle all these different apps or you know i know elon's kind of talked about like oh we could have this all-in-one app where you do everything and payments like what are your thoughts on on that um, obviously like very vocal on Twitter. I think Twitter is like where like we've, we've come to, right. Um, what was great with Clubhouse before is that like, um, Clubhouse had gave, uh, you know, gave the NFT space a voice and that's what I needed the most because, uh, NFTs pop through art and art is a lot of it is storytelling. How are you going to tell a story in a discord group with like, you know, a hundred other people, um, and or on Twitter. So it was interesting to see that. Um, so there was needed, but now that it's back, the audio part is all spaces on Twitter. It's all there. I was talking to friends the other day. It's like, we, we run across all platforms, right? It's a headache. Just you know, behind the scenes, you probably know that. Because there's not an app also that helps you manage all apps and schedule. Oh, but wait, now there's Reels on Instagram. Reels is never part of the automation. It's only posting with schedules. Like, there's so many intricacies between freaking platforms. 
that like I cannot wait for the day we have our own WeChat, like our everything app. So yeah. please, Elon. Wait, you might have just had a business idea. I mean, you could just do it. I, I'll be, we'll, we're building the solution that taps onto everything. We're platform agnostic. I'm not trying to solve that. Uh, I'll, I'll let that to someone else. I, we're trying to solve way too much with between the decentralization of media to like DAOs to, to all this right, stuff. Right. That, like, but, but like, I'm hoping there's a genius somewhere that's like going crazy right now fixing this. The problem is, of course, all these apps, the the big tech companies behind them would not want their app to be so easily interplayable with the other apps. Like if someone said, this is just a portal, upload your episode. I mean, that'd be great for us too. If you could upload the episode and it goes to Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, does that still exist? GrooveShark, does that still exist? Tumblr, MySpace, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, that'd be great. But and then it clips no it for you. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like good luck. Well, maybe AI, maybe AI will do it. Um, one thing I want to push you on, you know, you mentioned clubhouse and, and some of your background, like, you know, you used to be like a hustler on Tumblr and kind of that social media growth marketing on different platforms. When you were first kind of hosting clubhouse spaces early in the pandemic, as I understand it in 2020, at first you weren't even talking about NFTs. You were hosting spaces and discussions about other topics. So I guess what I'd ask you now is like, you know, who's to say that NFTs and Web3 aren't just the thing that's working for you right now? You know, do you really feel confident that for the next five to 10 years, that's the space you'll be in? You could take this rug radio model and, you know, put it into the sports world, into the, you know, marketing, growth hacking, Gary V type stuff. How do you know that this is going to be your bucket for the long term? Because like you said, we can tap it onto anything and any sort of content. So we're already looking into how we're going to have contents not get just towards Web3 and NFTs. It could be, cooking show for all I know. But you know what's amazing about it? Again, the tech. That's why I was saying a tech company because let's say I'm just a, hosting a cooking show right now but then you see that logo or that thing but it's Rug Radio. Then you go, wait, what's Rug Radio? Oh, you're telling me there's a decentralized network that's operating, this show is operating on top of and this content is living on? That's awesome. Like I'm genuinely trying to build like the tech around content rather than just content focused on this but this is where I personally want to live within the Web3 native nft like this is where i found my voice my my life my passion like it's like for me like finding nft space is 10 years of like everything for 10 years that means it's nft space like i've been doing memes and social platforms since 2011 2021 i found out what nft was this is my second decade you know they say focus on your 10-year plan like this is it i'm on your like the two years here so i'm almost starting year three of that 10 year of like this like specific you know Hmm. uh web3 nfts crypto and all that so it's like so yeah, like I can definitely see this being like there. And then before even that, like I was doing, I started a media company and I was doing marketing, branding and like communication strategies across social platforms with focus on Instagram because that's where I had grown an audience of over 10 million followers in two years. Uh, but that was, I did that for like from 2014 to 2020 professionally every single day. So it's not a, for me, like the the long-term slash commitment thing is not like a, you know, I don't have uh, commitment issues. <laughs> Like things like that to the thing. Like I'll I'll do this thing for ten more years, man. <laughs> it's so fun. So how was your PFP collection with Corey Van Lu? How did that come about and how how's it going right now in your opinion? It's awesome. I mean it's launching on February sixth. So it's launching in a few weeks. Uh it's awesome. I'm so excited about it. It's the it's it's a fun project for me because it's obviously not the focus of Rug Radio. It's not even the, the most important NFT within the Rug Radio ecosystem. It'll still be a Genesis NFT that yields token, but it's giving people a a, a face, our community a face. Cause like I reverse engineered this. Instead of dropping your PFP first and saying, yo, that will figure it out, y'all. 
Like we had a plan. We built, did banners for your Twitter because why? I didn't want people to change their PFPs for Rug Radio because Rug Radio is the house of everyone. Whether you're an ape, a punk, a cat, anything you want to be, Rug Radio is your playground for everybody, right? I wasn't trying to divide people. I didn't want to change people's PFPs So because I love my punk. I love my ape. I love my this. I love my that, right? But then 12 months later, here we are, literally 12 months because it's January 11th, 2022. And, and we have, I like to think Rogue Radio has become like one of the, if not like the voice of Web3, meaning like all the creators on Rogue Radio, all the people, the listeners, everyone, like they're, they're the voices of Web3. So I'm, I'm like, let's drop a project called Face of Web3, which is somewhere where behind like a flag, a logo, a thing where people can just like associate and maybe, you know, we can do so much stuff with the IP and stuff. And so... Corey Van Luz, you know, he's a fine artist. You know, he sold the Sotheby's, sold the, he's at ACM Museum in Miami. He's done a lot of very, a lot of success since 2020, actually, on Super Rare. Um, and he's a good friend. And so we're like best friends. I picked up the phone. It's actually six months ago, uh, around this week, six months ago, uh, August 13th, I think. Uh, and then I was like, yo, I want to do a PFP, but it has to be you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like I, he's like if anyone it, it'll be you and and so we did it you know so i'm excited um and it's for our holders and so it's super exciting because now we're gonna have a sea of pink blue bright colors like dope art i think we nailed it on like how unique it is too so and behind the scenes like yo what's this cool pfp what's well, cory van lu okay but what's it associated to rug radio oh yeah look at everything rug radio is doing and has done like there's a lot under the hood right so it's really cool so this is interesting too because you know I like what you said about not just launching the collection first and then after the fact and this is what happens with a lot of the hot collections they try and add some stuff in to show we're not just a PFP although interestingly now there's sort of a backlash even to the the overemphasis on utility which I appreciate you know the art blocks guys were were Love telling that. us that that it can just be art for the sake of art um, but in some ways you know people would obviously feel more of a connection to this collection if they are in the rug radio ecosystem in that world and they have pride about that. Um, do you think that's where things are going to be headed with collections? Like where do you fall in terms of it, it needs to be, you're a member of a community, you there's either perks or there's something that your NFT gets you, or can it just be like, I like the art? It's anything. Like if you go to my vault, like I have a Cormis Quiggle, right? Because I was Snowfro and mm-hmm. Artblocks, like it moves. That's my utility. I don't want it to do anything else but move. Like, you know, I have my where my vans go drift. Like, I don't care for drift to do anything else but to exist. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And to keep doing his thing. Like, that's I own his art. I have fuel editions. I have X copy editions. I don't care. But then I have some stuff that I I bought into because I, I genuinely wanted to almost like make a bet on a team or support a team that I think could build something. And I'm expecting in a way something uh, something back. And that's the utility of it because also they made the promise. So of course, like we all fell for a lot of the not so great ones, you know, 2021, but we've seen which teams have been consistent over 2022. And for me, it's pretty easy to now place my chips as a uh, active market participants that, I mean, we have our social commentary on the market every morning, right? With the morning show. So I, I see the market, I study the market seven days a week. So it's easy for me now to say, Hey, like, okay, there are these 10 teams that I could get behind of and like support and see what they're going to do next year. Cause they stuck through it when the ETH went to 865 bucks. Uh, when Luna and everybody exploded uh, and then the FTX thing happened, they stayed around and kept building through it, right? Even though everyone's treasuries got nuked 30%, everybody got nuked a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I think, um, I think it's, um, that's, that's how I approach it. So art can be utility. A utility in NFT could be that it makes me smile. 
that a collection makes me happy. There's a lot of NFTs like that because I love art. There's art all over my walls, upstairs, downstairs. I grew up with art and stuff. Like I love that stuff. And then there's art that's just like, there's some it's like stuff that there's different utilities. Like you, you know, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think all that said, some of the generative PFP collections do kind of have a bit of a reputation among some people in the space for being seen as sometimes like money grabs or just sort of being made for the sake of sort of um, promoting something without, you know, like really creating something that's um, like one of one art. Obviously, there's there's such that um, conflict there. Do you, was the PFP collection a revenue play or is it something else for you for us yeah like, so the ones we're doing when we're doing so i mean with regards to the money grabs and stuff is that's that's the thing in the bull right it's like you see all this you see a lot of trash and then you know and then you see what's not trash after that because there's only like one percent left uh and so uh and so of the people left right so it's like oh well there you go you know uh but i feel like i needed that though i felt good and like you know it taught me a lot but uh, you know, though it hurt, but it's, uh, you know, there is, um, there is, and then what happened, which sucks that they kind of gave the whole PFP and the generative stuff, like a bad name by rep similar to NFT when it's like, there's actually a lot of cool stuff being done to like generative work, like of, of the, these collections of PFPs and communities that are like rebranding and turning into quite, quite some companies, whether they're SaaS companies, whether there's media brands, whether there's IP brands, like all these different things, uh, with regards to ours, uh, and also like, you know, it was a great way for some people to have an income in order to be able to keep building on. Like BYC is the best example. Secondaries at some point came in so big that they were allowed to build, 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 build. And then you saw what they became, the raise, yada, yada, yada. You've had them on, right? So it's like, it's like you know, so much happened through that. Uh, for us, I mean, look, like it's cool because for us, it's a rug token sync. Like it's uh, the, the mint is, for, is like our holders are not paying for the PFP. We're not charging them for the PFP. They just have to, to, to have a certain amount of rug token. So it's like 690 rug token in order to mint the PFP. And after that, we have different wave of allocations for like second wave or third wave with communities we want to like interact with. So like there's communities I want to bring into our own community. So I want to give allow allocations to them to mint also the Corey Van Loo PFPs because they're sick. And so we'll see um, on the 8th of February after the 48 hour window of allocation one, we'll see how much we can give to allocation two for which we're going to charge. But when you think about it, we're going to charge almost like the amount. Oh my God. Very little. Uh, we haven't announced it yet. But it's going to be like so little, like we're not looking towards like that PFP to like fill in the rug out treasury. You know what I mean? Like day one of the initial rug radio mint, I put 50% of the mint funds into the rug DAO all on chain. Our treasuries on chain. Our financials are on chain. We have a wiki where we update it every quarter. Uh, like it's uh, it's been there. So it's not the main revenue generator. That's more media and what we're doing throughout external source of uh, income. But it's one of them for sure. And it's great. And, you know, Corey's, yeah, he's the artist. It's an art project. So he's going to get his fair share. It's going to be awesome because it's worth it. And he's worth it. And it's a great artist. And, and then Rug Radio is going to make whatever Rug Radio makes. And it's great. But my main goal with this is just like literally like, for the community to be happy and have like something to be proud of. Like, I feel like a lot of the PFPs people had in 2021 and stuff, some of them didn't come through or some there's fatigue. Some people are tired. Like people want something new and lively. You know what I mean? And so when I see the PFPs that we're doing with Corey, it makes me excited because like when you see like, you know, I don't know, like I'll send you guys a bunch, but you know, it, it's, they're like so cool, right? Like they have so much life and there's just so much going on. It's cool colors, it's different things. So, you know, it's just like, I'm just excited about it people getting this and sharing it. Everyone's getting fine art in their wallets. That's all that matters. So, uh, so a lot of people follow your, your wallet. I think I've, I've heard in Twitter oh, spaces. Yeah. Um, 
how how do you tell the difference between a cash grab collection when you're looking to buy something versus something with legs? Or are you just trying to flip? I mean, how do we how do we find the next board ape yacht club? The next board ape yacht club is the one that's not trying to be the next board ape yacht club. Right. Uh, right. And so and so too many people try to chase that. The one who said they were gonna be, the one who tried to become. Next BYC is the people that are thinking completely outside the box and not looking to do anything like them and that are actually operating at that level. Like well, I pride myself in, in knowing that my team, so it's not just a Farouk thing, like operates at a high level and we're all high performers. And I, and I, and I like to think that within the NFT space, I'm looking towards that. You know, I'm looking towards my friends, Mando and OSF with the DJs, everything they're building. I like, I'm looking towards people like that. So they have teams they're building hard. They're working actually hard on developing tools that are useful. Like the Web3 fixes this shit. It's not like Web3 doesn't fix anything. I want to see people fix real shit. Like not stuff that doesn't need fixing. I don't need a, a nicer whatever. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like I just need like actual solutions. The problem is the real world problems. Those are the teams I'm looking towards uh, when I try to uh, bet behind teams. And so that's how I'm looking at it. But me personally, like I'm not looking at things uh, on the short term, uh, at least at, anymore. Like at first, yeah, in the bull market, you're like running after stuff and catching stuff. But now it's more like I can look at what small cap projects are like actually delivering. You could probably like get in touch and see the founders on, on Twitter at all times or on spaces now because they're all on audio and stuff. You can reach out, you can look into it. And then I just write, I'd rather go into, you know, this kind of uh, founders that are actually like present and like, mm-hmm. you know, are doing a damn thing. Yeah. And it's funny, Farouk, like you were talking about sponsorships. Um, sponsorships have become like kind of a hot topic in the industry uh, with, you know, influencers, et cetera, you know, who are you taking your money from? Obviously that's something you have to think about. And what it also ties into is, you know, your own fame, your own persona. Um, You know, how much do you worry about trying to build rug radio beyond just Farouk, right? Like obviously there are other hosts on there. There's other personalities now. Uh, We had Jason Primrose at Camp to Crypt, which was awesome. Just one of many people who, you know, are involved in shows that are on Rug. But, you know, at the end of the day, like Farouk is famous as the face of Rug Radio right now. So do you worry about building it beyond yourself so that it's, you know, it's bigger than you? It's already bigger than me. Honestly, we're at a stage where I can see it from where I'm sitting. Like that was the goal day one. And I was, I told everyone, it's like, I'm going to build something that's going to be way bigger than me. The whole Rug Radio was literally born out of the idea to build something bigger than Farouk because I was scared to plateau and I was like, I know people laugh at me when I say that, but like, I felt like I was going to plateau at some point. And I was like two years ago, but at the end of 2021, I was like, yo, like how big can I go with the Farouk brand? I don't want to do that. Like I want to build something dope. I want to build something where there's like a hundred Farouks. Like there's gonna be a thousand Farouks. I'm going to fucking help people from all over the world and like, you know, build their own brands, you know, build their voice and change their life via like NFTs and crypto and like Web3 and this tech because it's incredible. And I was so passionate about it. Still am. And then like literally started Rug Radio out of the, like the way Rug Radio is even built and formed and shaped and done is so that it can outgrow anything I'll ever do. Now, yeah, of course, like there's like Farouk, Rug Radio, like I'm creator 001. That's all I am within Rug Radio. We are actually building a decentralized manner. We have the Cayman Foundation, all this. We're not one of those like web 2.5 companies. That's like, they say they do this thing in decentralized way and they mm-hmm. raise a bunch of money and they owe like more equity to that. that nothing wrong, but hey, nothing wrong with that. It's just like, we're genuinely not doing it like that. You know what I mean? And so, and so everything we're building is like really in the ethos and spirit of decentralization. The goal is towards, it's a progressive decentralization um, that we want to achieve over five years. And we're a year in, right? That was always our promise since day one because even our token yields over five years. 
And so, and so that's the goal of it. So yeah, it's, it's going to outgrow me like for sure. It's already starting to like, when you look at things and there's signals that we look at internally as well to like see that it's a conversation we have all the time, by the way, but like, it's so awesome to see it's happening as this team expands and grows and there's going to be creators bigger. So I'm just like creator 001. I was the first mm-hmm. creator of radio. I own the first host pass to date. Like, yeah, the morning show is an anchor media show in rock radio. It's still like probably the biggest and I'm still, but that's also because I'm a big figure in the NFT space, whatever in general, but like there's going to come a point in place where it's going to be like five, 10, 20 shows like that. You know what I mean? Like it's going to, we already have like 30, 50 creators, 30 shows, wrecked radios crushing it with like uh keyboard monkey, OSF and Mando uh, every Thursday. We have a few days of pipeline launching dope shows. Like we have a night show. We have like, I have the French show going on. There's different languages. Like, it's going to come to a point where it's just going to be so big and I'm just going to be, yeah, like another active participant. Like I have my hundreds of rugs and I have my rug token and I have my art DAO token and Mike show and that's it. You know, like it's super cool. Like the way we're doing it. How do you guys approach like promotions? I mean, you must be, you must be approached all the time. Like, Hey, do an episode on our collection and we'll pay you. And you know, you're also prominent enough at this point, you know, at the end of the year, there was like some anons blog post accusing you of hyping yeah. stuff and, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know, so how do you how do you think about that and make sure that uh, that everything is transparent? Like we're talking about something because we think it's cool and interesting. So, by the way, it wasn't a non's blog post. It was an angry ex uh, contractor that was hired uh, by myself and brought into the NFT space by myself and trained by myself for a whole year and a half. Uh, so <laughs> I just wanted that that slip in. It's not an, a non, uh, but and and I and you know, <laughs> so funny. Love this stuff. Uh, officially the first uh, podcast to talk about it because it just happened. You're my first podcast. No, it didn't just happen. It was right. like, anyways, it's, it, that, that shit is funny to me. Just like, I, I want to like, what's cool with Rug Radio is like, and that's actually super bullish and impressive is like, we have built something where like the community was elected a council within the DAO and then the DAO worked on a framework for the governance. The framework was for tokenomics, a tokenomics structure, uh, treasury structure, council voting. And one of the t- t- frameworks was partnerships. I mean, the, the framework that, um, with, within which like the partnership framework works within the rug DAO and how we can take sponsorship and how we take it and how the splits are within the DAO and the creators and whatnot was it built by and selected and voted in by the by the community. So the way we've been doing it with the morning show, OSF, Manu and I, we've closed about 300 Ethan sponsors uh, in the last like few months of 2022. So that's without counting anything we've done so far in 2023 and where we're going in the next few quarters, uh, months. But out of that, we sent 15% of that to the rug DAO directly. It's all on chain and stuff. And we track everything. It's all like publicly wallets or in a wiki. Like they're very like known rug DAO wallets, et cetera, since launch. And then we, with the 85%, that's usually goes to the creators. Cause usually it's 15% to the, to the create, to the DAO and then 85% for the creator. Well, out of that 85%, since like, we don't want to like hold the money, we've been buying rugs. So over the last six months, uh, myself, my own OSF, I've accumulated about 450 rug radio Genesis NFTs. And if that's not the most bullish thing ever, the way we've doubled down on ourselves for the last eight months, I mean, I don't know what is like from the Uniswap sponsorship we got to like ledger that we're working with everybody we've done like Givenchy and like a bunch of other brands like we've used 
almost all the funds, if not actually all of them, in our personal thing to uh, uh, support the rug radio ecosystem, especially in a time where liquidity is dry, bear market. You need the help, right? You need to support it in a way that you can help it out until and shape and form it until there's a better market and you know there's more participants that come in and work. So we've actually found the perfect way in order to do media where we can manage to get sponsorship money because we have enormous demand, usually funnel three me, right? But now it's mostly going towards Rug Radio, which is great. Another form that Rug Radio is big, growing bigger than me. And so, and so, and we take that and we either require assets within Rug Radio or we just send more funds to RugDAO. So even today, I just had a meeting with my advisors. We're, we're reshaping and reforming like the, the way we're doing the partnership. So it's maybe not 1585 with some shows, maybe 7030 and whatnot, whatnot. So that'll all be DAO votes. Like every step of the way has been public. So that's how I approach it. Like that's how we've approached it for forever. Like every time, ever since Rogue has been launched, every time like uh, there's been like this sort of like um, this demand for uh, for for like partnerships, we've done it in a way that brings value back uh, within the ecosystem. We couldn't work on, we couldn't like put it out until July because that's when the framework was finally like voted in by the DAO, and it took us about six months to fully launch the DAO. Because goddamn, these things take time, and it took another six months to like put it in Cayman Foundation and everything. So now we're set. We've actually built a fully functional media DAO within the NFT space. That took twelve months, and so now that we have all that. That's how I find all the partnerships and, and, and all these things. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's just the best way for me to do so, I think. And especially with me, my name, towards what you were relating to earlier, like people will come at you in any way, shape or form. But hey, we've built a framework. We have a partnership model. We're bringing value back to our, to our ecosystem, to our holders, to the people that are, that are, that are helping us. And we're bringing value back to, to, the, to, the, to the people that are looking to sponsor with us. So it's really a great way. And I'm pretty proud of like how it's worked out so far. And it's also, I just mean, you know, it's the responsibility of once you get big enough that obviously anyone you have on, or if you personally, you know, talk about thinking a project is cool. And this is the responsibility of journalists too. I mean, I I talk about this with our reporters. There's the risk that, you know, as soon as we write about something that kind of uh, makes it legit, you know, so we're often, we're not trying to be, we're just covering what we think is newsy. Yeah. Yeah, But you're, you're an arbiter of of web three culture. That's the burden. Yeah. We, we, we vet like, crazy like right now we have like three people going through all the stuff i'm hiring a head of partnerships uh we we vet like crazy and and we've always been pretty good with it um so far and uh and also like with regards to like the brands that we're, we're trying to work with right because my goal is to build a system and model where like even if someone it doesn't go through maybe like my show and morning show maybe uh, they're legitimate but they just maybe don't have the budget or whatnot in order to cater to like bigger people maybe they can go towards other shows across other platforms and mediums so there's so many ways in which we can work with people but also find a way for creators to also like get something cool flowing towards them for you know creating all that content because i think it's important to have creators in this ecosystem creators have been an essential part of the space um whether people want to you know agree to that or not and i think it's been really cool to see uh you know how we're trying to like empower them to keep you know doing their thing educating people entertaining people you know with everything that's going down in the space so so when you vet people are you making sure that you sort of know their real legal name or are you okay with anons i mean there's such a big debate in nfts about you know whether it's legit to be anon or or whether you are a non or however you want to pronounce it um what are your thoughts on that debate and and when you vet someone do you really need to know who they are in order to feel like they're legit? Honestly, like I'm not the biggest like, yo, you got to be dogs to work for me, with me type guy. You know, like I, I, I've had, you know, we, I have someone on the Rugdow council, like I've never seen his face. 
But you know what, Dido, like he, I know his voice, he's come to Zooms, he's known as Dido on Twitter, but like, I don't know what he looks like. And guess what? I don't care because his work in the last eight months has been incredible. And his voice for Rogue Radio is great. And he, you know, it's just, I'm naming one holder across many, right? But like, there's some people that, you know, even with whom I'll work, I've never known what they look like and what the real name is, but I can trust them. And that's the beautiful thing about the space. It's like, if we're going to pre- preach transparency and everything being on chain, then why are we pushing people towards trying to hide things, right? And so, and so I think like, for me, that's a big thing. Now, when we're doing sponsoring stuff, of course, like, I'm sure like if I get to see someone eye to eye, face to face, know exactly who they are, what they've done, it'll help, you know, a little more towards like getting like, you know, when the relationship gets like bigger and more important, but it's not my first like ex, like, oh, you're not dogs then I'm never going to give you a chance because, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to preach like the spirit and the ethos of like crypto and decentralization, I think we should like kind of respect uh, you know, respect it, but also we're allowed to be like more careful with regards to that. It's like a balance. Yeah, I think what I've heard some people say in Twitter spaces is that the reason they're anonymous is because their day job, their employers at their day job uh, think badly of, of crypto and NFTs and they want to be anonymous so that their boss doesn't judge them for, you know, flipping JPEGs in their in their spare time. I know a number of people that that I've met in person as well who have said that, you know, they're they work high profile white collar type jobs, I guess. Um what do you think about the reputation of the NFT space? I mean, there's a lot of Zoomers, you know, swearing and going crazy. What, yeah, what, yeah I, I love your thoughts on on how the Zoomers are affecting the NFT space. Are they? What are they doing? I mean, you know how, like, we always say, like, oh, yo, we got to make this product in crypto so that my grandma can understand it. Fuck that. Like, like that's great. But, like, let me tell you something. My grandma, like, she doesn't care about crypto uh and she probably won't live long enough or like a lot of these people that generation to like see like it being seamless on a phone and everything like the experience like what we want right what we talk about probably every day like we need better tools and better like adoption right but but the zoomers you know my little boy is 20 right he's annoying as fuck but you know what like (laughs) i love him but like i want him it's important for him, my future children, the generation after and all that to like understand just everything around blockchain technology and crypto, whether it's from the security aspect and the importance of it to the privacy of crypto. Like the more, maybe I'm getting old, but like the more I dive into crypto and stuff, the more I'm like aware of my own security and privacy online with regards to my data, with regards to my, you know, my, my, my funds, my money. You know, I'm, I'm taking owners. I feel like I'm, I feel comfortable in life because I feel like I, I, I own my money, you know? And so which, these which by are, the way, was the point. I mean, that was the point originally and people, people forget. And I own my assets and I own my, my art. I, you cannot take my art from me. You can come here. You can steal a painting from me on my wall. Let's say it's tied to NFT. You don't steal the NFT. You don't actually have the art in my books. Right. And so, and so it's just so incredible, but back to your thing, I think like they're important. I think it's important also for people to like, uh, like allow them to understand and allow them to learn and educate themselves. Like you're going to have all sorts of people and that's not a zoomer problem. Scammers, they come in all ages, like these scammers, they're like bad actors. Like they come in all ages, all genders, everything. Right. 
you know, there's going to be some 50 year old scammers and be some 18 year old zoomer scammer, right? That, you know, that'll, or a bunch of LARPs that'll just try and, you know, do, do this, do that. But I think it's important to educate. Like if it wasn't for the people that like educated me in the space, I wouldn't be sitting here. Like I'm only like two years into, into crypto, but though I've been like doing my own research and like blockchain, everything was fascinating to me. Like for years before that, I just didn't have the balls to like actually make the move into it. And also I was so busy building my business, like in media. And like, I, I just didn't see it. I didn't see it bigger than what I understood it, but I didn't see it. And when I really understood it, I quit everything I was doing. I lived a new life, right? Like a cat just changed lives, but like literally like that. But it's, um, it's, I think like, and if it wasn't for people who took me under their wings, like explain to me like Farouk, like this is how it happens. It's an NFT, yada, yada, yada. It does this and privacy, security, what we just talked about, right? Then I wouldn't have like been able to build something that I think is, is, is helping our space and is good for it. Right. So it's important. Like I, I, I really pay a lot of attention to like the younger, like the next wave instead of like hating on them. I try to focus as much as possible of like empowering the ones who I think will actually be in that positive and who will also like help pass the torch on. And that's what we do at Rug Radio and work with creators. Even in the morning from 8.30 this morning, I was on the phone with a couple of creators here and there because it's the creators that I've seen move in the space. I've seen them for a few years. I now know that they can like probably help like onboard more people, educate more people. So then I want to like empower that. Uh, this is super important. And, uh, and I wish more people thought that way. Cause like even to now, like a lot of OGs come into the space. Like they don't like to see this guy called Farouk, 26 year old from a clubhouse room. Like fucking come and like build an enormous thing in the space. It's like, but the thing people like it and I'm doing my thing, but the people who actually like helped me out, like the Jimmy's, the Welsh Sharks early on, and, like Mondor, so Amir, so money, like, you know, a bunch of people, like they were like, yo, like we're actually going to help this guy. We're gonna educate this guy. And so, you know, it's, uh, I think it's important to have like this kind of people in the space. When you mention again, like the another benefit of becoming so down the rabbit hole here is you know feeling like I own my own money, and there is an interesting kind of split. And obviously, there's still overlap. I mean, there's people who are big in the NFT world who also hold a bunch of coins, and they're investors, and they're following kind of everything under the sun. But I feel like increasingly there's there's a split to the point where we've got to stop just using even the word crypto as a giant umbrella term for everything because. There are people in the NFT space, you know, if we could sort of think of that as like Web3 culture, right? The art types and the NFT collectors and they're passionate about that, who really have almost nothing to do with the speculative investment side, Wall Street getting in, the FTX meltdown. You know, our reporter Sander wrote a great piece from this Art Blocks event in Marfa. And it just so happened, of course, they scheduled it months before, but it just so happened that the Art Blocks gathering happened right amidst the FTX meltdown. Me that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like, crazy. Yeah. And, and he, you know, it might seem shocking, but these people were not, you know, crying and looking up their balances over their lost money. Many of them had nothing to do with any of that stuff. They don't have money with exchanges. Like they're just kind of in the NFT space. NFT people are not with NFT people. They self custody, man. You had Udi tweeting that out saying like, even Kobe came on my stage with Thread Guy. We host a night show with D's and Sobi, the GN Web3 show. Like thousands of people. He's like, Hey, the NFT people, they're the geniuses all along. We were dunking on them, but like, you know, at the end they have their JPEGs, but also that we're all self-custodying. Like that was, whether it's hot or cold now, you have yeah. to self-custody on cold, we get that. But even on hot, when you think about it, like most NFT people, like they literally been, it's like part of like coming into the NFT space, we teach you about self-custody day one, day zero. Before teaching you about how to buy an NFT, that's the what we talk about in our space. That's what I love about it. Yeah, and so, but I guess I also mean, do you think that, that divide is widening or shrinking. Like there are people that we talk to on this pod who are, you know, they're running investment firms that pretty nakedly, obviously 
are buying various cryptocurrencies, hoping they go up because they, and, and they can talk a big game about, we believe in the technology, blockchain, blah, blah, blah. Those people, they don't own any NFTs. They have nothing to do with that. They don't get it. They don't want to get it. They don't want to touch it. They're just investors. So are these like separate camps? You know, it's kind of, there's money crypto and then there's kind of art and culture crypto. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts, right? Like CT so like such a, such a massive like ecosystem, but I felt like with the bear that like, we all kind of like almost got all like closer. Like, I feel like we, like with the, with the FT after FTX, like during that whole thing, it was like, like you had like the CT crowd and like the NFT crowd that like starting like becoming friends. And like, you know, like we're all, we're all in this together. We're all down. Yeah, there. Like we're all in this together type vibe. I mean, now that everybody's rich again, maybe not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's like, we're down. We're not, we're down less bad, but we're still down bad. But, right. but, uh, but um, no, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's just like anything, this whole like blockchain technology is going to be integrated to everyday people's lives. So I think we're going to see, like, I tell people all the time, enjoy this time enjoy this moment where like there's still a hundred, 200 people in a Twitter space at night and you're vibing with people and where you can DM a founder or your favorite fucking person and be able to like reach out to them and work with them and do something. Cause in a few years, it's not going to be like that. Like that small to village, like is going to become like Paris, you know, like it's going to become like Bombay, you know, it's going to be like, it's going to become Tokyo and you're not going to be able to see everyone and feel that way about the space. So it's going to change. Yeah, like it's going to be like art, art. Like there's crypto or whatever. It's going to be the people are traders, traders. They just trade different assets. I mean, DJs trade all assets. I have friends that will start trade futures. Instead, they get into, they do crypto after, they do stock, then crypto's down, they jump to the SP. Like, I mean, like, you know, so it's like, at the end of the day, like, you know, and then there's the NFTM efforts like me, and we're like the outcasts. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking, speaking of trading, Speaking of trading uh, all kinds of things, uh, what are your thoughts on governance token speculation? And should people speculate on RUG? I mean, Vitalik has has shared his thoughts on governance tokens and sort of said that he thinks it's messed up that people are speculating on them. What do you think about that? And should people speculate on RUG? So the should people speculate on RUG? Uh, part I'm I'm not gonna comment on that just because like you know for obvious reasons like I don't want to like I I I don't want people like speculating on on a on a token that's like inherently not made for speculation like the rug token is you know purely a, a utility token that we're using in order to reward our creators within our ecosystem but also to swap it for DAO token now which leads to this the utility of rug token right so when you have the Genesis NFTs you yield between five and five seven or eleven rug token per day right that's enough so that within a year you can swap one. 1800 rug token is one R DAO token. So it's a swap. So utility of a rug token is to yield enough in order to get into the DAO, right? And then with rug token, you have the Corey Van Lumint and we keep adding on utilities, yada, yada, yada. And we also have a whole rewards program that we launched last month, fully shipped. As of last Friday, we shipped Listen to Earn, where by listening to my show in the morning or other shows, we're going to scale to all shows. You can earn rug token for just being here by owning an NFT. So a membership pass for Genesis NFT. And we've also shipped on last Friday a bounty system so that you can perform different and execute different actions within the rug video ecosystem across all platforms and earn rug token for doing so. Following on Instagram, Twitter, sharing this, sharing that, not just like simple actions, but also more complex ones, right? Like people making memes, gifts, people helping us out with some work and stuff. So we've actually built this ecosystem. Uh, but where to Vitalik's point, he's absolutely right because you're just like giving people governance. Now, look, I like ApeDAO and ApeCoinDAO. We hosted important rooms for them not long ago. 
uh, I like all these ideas. I like ENS and these things, but like barely anyone's participating. This is why actually Rug Radio doesn't have one ARC20 token. We have two. We have the Rug token and we have the RDAO token. And in order to get into the DAO, you have to swap your Rug token to RDAO. Why? Because that conversion means that people are intentionally swapping their tokens for a DAO token, meaning that they want to govern. And if you go on Snapshot and look at the Rug DAO, we get 30% participation rate and we've reached quorum at 60% on all votes so far uh, in the last few months. For anyone who understands DAOs, those are like enormous amounts of participation in percentage words. And we also have now integrated dynamic voting in order to help facilitate quorum because that was very high at 60%. But it's an intentional thing. So there is right now, let's say 40 million rug token circulation, right? I'm just, I don't know exactly. I can go check real quick, but I don't want to stop this, this recording. But it's like, there's going to be 255 million over five years. So we're probably like 30 to 40 mil, right? Out there in the ecosystem. But there's only 3,400 RDAO tokens that have been minted so, mines minted so far because of the DAO swap. And there's only 1,100 holders. But only, you're telling me that there's 1,100 people that purposely swapped their rug token instead of going and speculating on it and swapped for rug DAO. Why? Because they want to participate within the governance of the rug DAO, therefore rug radio. Because we don't, we're not doing decentralization theater at rug radio, by the way. Like, rug radio is like actually built to progressively be decentralized and i'm and i really mean that it's actually my mission and so and so what's cool with it is that you have all these people that now have been getting our DAO token in order to actually participate so not a fan of the airdropping governance i got we got a lot of hate a lot of slack when we launched saying why do you have two tokens why do you have dual token well we said wait please wait six to 12 months wait wait you'll see it'll make sense because you need to build the liquid engine you need the 300 ethan sponsorships to come in you need the nfts to do well you need the sinks for the token you need to build the reward system you need to build the bounty system you need to build a creator tiers that we launched like these things take a year that's and they tough took in crypto telling people to wait like yeah it is but the beautiful thing is that is like our people that believe in us day one like they've actually like am i am i rugged no, it's just Dan. I see bugged. Okay, I see Dan like frozen. My bad. <laughs> For some reason. But you know, like we've actually like done the thing. It's like our holders were always very patient. And the people who weren't like too bad because it allowed people who were patients to get in. And now I like to think like they've been highly rewarded for their for their patience already. And so it's just been a lot of fun to 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 be able to to do all that. So back to your question, uh, Kate would never in, in, encourage anyone to speculate. They can do what they want though on their own dime. And even our liquidity pools on Uniswap and stuff were not ours. Uh, they were set up by uh, outside people. Like people are probably holders or community members and whatnot. And so we don't like, we never put anything that points towards them. We never like talk about any price action, whatnot, because it's not my goal. I want you to have your rug token and I want you to swap it to rug DAO token and see you come and participate within the governance, put proposals, we have a prop house. We're actually building something. Our treasury... Like the, the money that's in treasury is in the rug DAO. The DAO is in like an actual Cayman foundation was built properly. And so, you know, it's something I'm really happy and proud of. Uh, actually, Mike Kriak is the person who helped us like set everything is managing operating partner consensus smash, right? Like, you know, uh, f- um, shout out uh, Kriak. Yep. Shout out to Mike Kriak, mutual <laughs> friend. Like, you know, this stuff is built well. So it's like, I'm super happy. I love that you asked that because like, like I, I like to nerd out about these things because we've actually built it that, the proper way, you know? So that's really interesting about, you know, people choosing to hold on and stick with you because they believe in the, in the platform. So as we kind of start to wrap up here, what does success look like for Rug Radio in three years? You know, is it about audience size? 
Is it about, you know, verticals we've entered that we're not even haven't touched yet? Success to me in three years is like to see, I, I, I never tie success to a certain number or amount or whatever, whether it's like how many hosts, how many listeners, how many this, how many that. I, I have my own goals in mind, like in, in order to how many people we want to reach. I mean, we're already reaching like millions of impressions, but I definitely want to hit towards like the billion impressions mark uh, when it comes to like content and media. I've done it before on Instagram. And so I used to, it was like, we were doing almost like a quarter million, quarter billion impressions a month on Instagram for years. But like, I think we can scale that to rock radio. I, I would love to be in different verticals across all, um, on different, you know, like niches and whatnot. And for me, like one thing I'm most bullish on with Rogrito is the is the global aspect. So we have a show in Mandarin and Chinese. We have a show in Spanish, we have a show in French. Uh, my goal, I'm very bullish on like different languages because like this space cannot just be American centric. And like there's a huge population in Southeast Asia that's very bullish on crypto and, and NFTs. You've seen that happen uh, and open up more through South Korea, Japan and more. Um, you have people in, you know, in Europe and whatnot. So I think like it's important for me, success for Rogrito is a global uh, you know, radio almost that runs 24 seven across hundreds of different creators that manage to get rewarded for their content in a network that keeps on growing. So it's just like all those, like, and, and it just, it's layers, right? Now it's like 39, 30 plus shows, 49 plus creators, different tiers and whatnot, like 13,000 holders were to me, we in three years. Maybe it's a million people part of ecosystem, you know, and, and that all managed to like, um, come and build on top of what we're doing. So, you know, a rug video in three years is successful is a rug video where it, like doesn't need like my morning show in order to like get sponsorship in order to get in inbound to in order to get this and that. It's a rug video that like literally can fully run on its own. Now, maybe that'll take five years instead of three, but I'm pretty confident. I mean, we're in year two now. Year one was like foundation. Year one was like structural and foundational phase, right? Year two, which is this year, is like we're adding now a layer on top of it, making it really polished, clean. We've learned, we've seen what works that doesn't work internally, operationally, and everything. And then year three is like, it's 2024, which I think will be a good year in crypto, 24 or 25. I'm hoping so, but like, I think it's going to be great. But like, it's where we like really like, it really things take off. Because the bull market, the next market's going to happen, whether it's in 24, 25, 26, whatever. I think this is when that one hits that people see, look towards regular radio and then really, really like takes off. So I'm willing to take another another couple of years to just really like keep growing it slowly like that until we reach like max velocity. And and shout out to uh, Decrypt on Espanol. We have decrypt.co slash yes. Nice. So we do yeah. produce a lot of our content in Spanish that. and are trying to be more multilingual as well. Um, so sort of a wrap up question. Um, there's been a huge uh, sort of, fad trend hype cycle about chat gpt and ai and all of this stuff i mean i i feel like as someone in nfts we already kind of knew about this you know there's already been people making ai nfts and ais that are nfts and all kinds of things we we've covered this in the past uh, a couple of years ago actually so i was wondering do you own any ai generated nfts and do you think that they are a fad or the future I for sure have AI art in my wallet. That's for sure. I've been, I mean, Claire Silver is like, I've been interviewing her. She's a friend of mine since a year or something, two years maybe. I don't know. But I for sure have art that has AI component NFTs to my, in my, in my uh, wallet uh, for sure. Uh, but with regards to that, I'm actually learning on how to use it more within media. I'm, I'm fascinated by it in that sense. We're actually already starting to, 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 to test it out through ChatGPT and other ones. Uh, so we can like, I think like it can enhance, right? ChatGPT and AI it just helps you enhance things. Like I don't have the perfect explanation. I'm not like one of those people that knows. I think with ChatGPT, I'm just one of those people that like I like to work smart. 
Um, I was that kid in school reading Spark Notes, but, but, Kate, but Kate and I didn't even ask you these questions. It was all Chat GPT. Like we're not. There here. you go. We're just. Yeah, why do we ask Farouk, the NFT <laughs> dude on Twitter, for this interview? But it, it's uh, you know, I I think like even like what if like it can enhance making a better article then turn an article a thread. Like we were talking about content earlier, Dan, like what if like it helped you, like you have a show, you put it through an AI, it cuts it into different micro, micro pieces of content across platforms. So that's what I'm excited for about it. I think like it's more than just like this fad trend thing. Like I know a lot of people like love to jump on those trends, like make content around it because it's like popping. But like, I, I'm really like, Every day we think about how we're going to use chat GPT within our content in order to like make it even better because we're really at the end of the day is a content machine. And so we need a lot of humans, but we also need the appropriate tools in order to scale up faster. And it's going to happen. It's great. Like it's the best thing that can happen for us actually because all the little useless things that you still need like humans to do, imagine there, ha- there was something helping you do so. And then you put those people to work on like much more important things, right? So I don't know. It's just how I see it. Yeah. Farouk, do you think that AI can help Montreal have better bagels? Yo, there's no <laughs> chance you just did that. Like, there's no chance, bro. If anything, we need ChatGPT to help New Yorkers learn how to make proper Montreal bagels. Shout out to oh, Fairmont bagels. Keith really puts all everyone on this, huh? Uh, like, I love it. He's gonna haunt me. This bagel story is gonna haunt me until to to my to my deathbed. But we'll I, will, do, I will I will die by this. We'll just meet up at a New York spot, do a video, and then we'll go to Viator and do a video, and we'll do a face off. You know, the, the, the great crypto bagel debate. Dude, we do a one, one thing where it's like, it's like a bus or whatever. Like we get someone to drive it and we get a podcasting room in there. It's like a six hour long show. We go to New York or we start Montreal and then we drive down New York or up to Montreal. And it's like, Done. we do a bagel here. We do a bagel there. It's like, a, it's going to take us probably 12 hours total. And like, and like, it's could be, it's a one day thing. And then we'll just go get some drinks and Love chill it. in Montreal. Yeah. Montreal. So like, so like tomorrow, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 all right, man. I'm up here. I'm here. I'm in Montreal, you know. It's, it's a little cold uh, in Montreal right now, I think. Yeah, correct. It is very right. cold in Montreal That's right true. now. That's true. Yeah. You can't be outside for a very long time for walks, but it's okay. There's no Uber. I have a car. Uh, great stuff. Farouk, great stuff. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll be listening to you. You'll be listening to us. And uh, next time we'll, we'll talk again. Uh, we'll do it on your platform. So thanks for joining. Please. Anytime, you know, my platform is your platform. Obviously, love Decrypt. Thank you guys for everything. The support that you show, uh, Rug Radio. Uh, and so it, it means a lot to us. So definitely want to do more stuff with y'all. So thank you very much for having me. That's our show today. Thanks for listening. GM is a Decrypt podcast co-hosted by Matthew Deemer, me, Dan Roberts, Stacey Elliott, Stephen Graves, Andrew Hayward, and Kate Irwin, and produced by Zach Edelman. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you podcast. And as always, you can get more info on our website, including video with our interview guests. Head to decrypt.co. GM. GM.